The Gospel Shaped Home Podcast is a family discipleship resource from Providence Baptist Church in Raleigh, North Carolina that aims to equip you and your family to be on mission with God to the end of the street and the ends of the earth. Welcome back to another episode of Gospel Shaped Home. I'm Andy Owens, pastor of family discipleship here at Providence, and I am joined today by my dear brother and uh, precious friend, Scott Reiner. Scott, welcome. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Uh, for those in our church or our listeners who may not have met you yet, who are you? Tell us about your family. Tell us what you do at Providence. Yeah, so I get to lead our efforts towards kids' discipleship here at Providence. Married to my wife, Mary. We have three kids, Keller five, Audrey four, and Haddon two. Okay. And why do you run around the third floor uh, at lunchtime in the building at Providence? Uh, yeah, just trying to start some different rhythms with the way our family works. Early morning runs used to be my thing, and just in the middle of winter, it's been difficult. So I realized, hey, we have all this space at Providence, and I can just run up and down the hallways on a cold winter day and still get a, a solid workout in. And so it, it's been a great thing. Yeah, I uh, I found out Scott was doing that by going down to the third floor and trying to read one day, and all of a sudden I hear, thut, 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 and, uh, and I saw Scott going for a run on the hallway, in the hallway on the third floor. Uh, did you find your running stuff um, rearranged recently with uh, some, uh, you know, like, I don't remember what I put with it, but it's kind of like a mannequin. That must have been somebody else's running stuff. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was yours. (laughs) Okay. um, Surprised that was me, if you weren't sure. (laughs) Okay. Well, anyway, we are excited today because we're starting a new uh, little four-part series on the podcast. Um, Scott introduced me to a book called Habits of the Household. Um, We're in disagreement of whether or not it was a birthday gift to me. He gave it to me. Um, And uh, do you have any defense for yourself there? I give you gifts all the time. So okay. I thought it was a birthday present. He's like, no, that was just a gift because I like the book. Anyway, um, it just was really close to my birthday. So um, anyway, um, Deuteronomy 6 is a classic passage on parenting um, with a biblical perspective. And it's where you know Moses gives this famous theological declaration to the people of Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. He calls them to love the Lord their God with all their heart and soul and all their might. And he says, these words that I command you shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. And so we, you know, we see right there, first there's a call to love God, and then there's a call to pass that love on and teach these truths to the next generation. But Moses says, you shall teach them diligently to your children and talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise. He talks about binding them as a sign on your hand, frontlets between your eyes. Write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. And in a sense, he's saying our lives should be full of God's words, right? There's a sense in which every moment of the day can be a discipleship opportunity. We talk a lot about family worship, which is really important, but... Um, you know, it may be 10 minutes, it may be 15 or 20 minutes, it may be three times a week, once a week, but but there are countless opportunities to disciple our kids day in, day out, and that's really what this book is about, Habits of the Household. Um, Scott, you want to uh, lead us off, help our listeners get a get a feel for what this book is about, what it's like? Yeah, so the subtitle is Practicing the Story of God in Everyday Family Rhythms. Um, and so in this four-part series, we've kind of 
broken it down to think about four different aspects of kind of everyday, regular family life. Uh, so morning and evenings, which we're going to talk about here today, and then mealtime, meal time, margins, and mundane moments. So kind of just thinking about in your everyday life, what does it look like to have everyday gospel opportunities to share with your kids, to disciple your kids, to form your kids? And so kind of one of the big premises of this whole book is that the author argues um, Justin Early here, he says that the greatest spiritual work happens in the normal moments of domestic life. That as parents, we don't have these three or four key moments that shape our, our kids, but it's really 10,000 little moments in the everyday rhythms of life. Paul Tripp has kind of some great quotes about this. And it's these 10,000 moments that are going to shape our kids over the 18 years we have with them. And so it's helping us capitalize on each of those small little opportunities in the everyday rhythms of life. For the sake of discipling our kids. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, he, he has some helpful thoughts in the intro about habits and how they form us. And, you know, they, they feel mundane, but they really do shape who we are because of this reality you're just talking about, that we're, our lives are mostly this um, kind of conglomeration or accumulation of thousands and upon thousands of mundane moments and our choices in those mundane moments, right? That's who we really are. It's not just how we respond to this one big moment or a few, you know, significant moments. It's how we respond to, uh, you know, every time our kid stubs a toe or falls and hurts himself or interrupts us when we're trying to send a text or finish dishes or whatever. Um, and so on page 17, he, he talks a little bit about the significance of habits here. My habits are forming me into a certain kind of parent. My parenting is forming them into certain kinds of children. We are all together forming each other into a certain kind of family. There's no escaping habits and formation in the family, he says. We become our habits and our kids become us. The family, for better or worse, is a formation machine. Now, he is very gracious. His tone is so helpful and encouraging. Like He talks about the difficulty and the messiness of parenting, and that's part of the wisdom of God is that we're taught to rely on God, not ourselves. In that, but it is a good warning to remember that we are always, because of the significance, the spiritual significance of the mundane and of habits, we're always forming our kids for good or for ill, right? For better or worse, our families and our times and our rhythms are formation machines. Yeah, the book's been, it was just really helpful for me. You know, we say a lot of times that we're always going to be discipling our kids towards something, right? And so establishing our habits and whether you realize it or not, we all have habits and rhythms that we do naturally. And so it's just a great little book helping us kind of rethink are the things that we're doing in the everyday rhythms of life, the habits that we have, are they discipling our kids towards Jesus or are they discipling our kids towards something else? And yeah. Um, and one encourage, one helpful thing about this is it, it kind of frees us from a mentality that I know I had earlier on in my life. And I'm sure it's still at work to some degree, but like we think, I really feel like I need to get closer to the Lord. I need to walk with God. And so I need to like go on a retreat. And th- that can be helpful. Like <laughs> some time away, some focus time, it can be helpful. But we don't have to get to the mountaintop or, you know, this isolated place to experience, meet God and serve him. His point is we find God and his mission at the center of our loud families. And I really think there's something significant to that. And you can see it in Colossians 1 where Paul's praying for the church at Colossae, but he, he prays that they would 
be filled with the knowledge of God's will and walk in a manner worthy of him, fully pleasing in every respect. And he says, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. And they're closely connected. We grow in our knowledge of God as we do good in the mundane, everyday life that he's put us as we, we need him. We depend on him. We feel we're at the end of ourselves and we say, God, I can't do this without you. Like That's how we grow to know him more uh, is by relying on and trusting him in these moments. So, um, any other thoughts from the introduction, Scott? Now, let's say we jump into kind of talking about his kind of first chapter on waking. Okay. And kind of first thing in the morning, like what does it look like to establish habits that allow us, like what, what does waking have to do with helping shape us as parents? Yeah. He, um, you know, here he, uh, he talks about the, this idea of waking up to reality. Um, and I was really helped by this, um, you know, are, he says one of the great questions of life is whether we are awake to reality as it actually is or if we live in an alternate reality that's full of lies. And we can unwittingly contribute to creating an alternate reality, right? If we wake up in the morning and the first thing we do is look at our you know, work email, the, our reality begins to be based on this, this idea of performance, right? Maybe if it's, you know, news headlines, it can be fear and anxiety or social media. It can be, you know, this idea of comparison. Envy can start to have this inordinate effect in our, or in shaping our view of reality. And his, you know, one of the key kind of theological points is that there's, um, there's a lot of spiritual significance in the way we wake up and the first things we do in the morning. And this is really about forming parents as much as forming kids and families, which obviously affects forming kids and parents, our kids and families. Yeah, he's got a great line on page 35. What is at stake in our habits of waking is whether we practically believe the gospel or not. And so a lot, you may ask, like, well, what is what time I wake up and how I wake up? How does it help me as a parent? And, you know, one of the things he reminds us of is that parenting your children is not so much about what you are doing in their lives. It's about what God is doing in your own life. And then he also says our best parenting comes when we think less about being parents of children and more about being children of God. So that's exactly what, what you were just saying, just yeah. this idea that we need to reorient our identity every morning, every day around the fact that we're a child of God. We have been loved by God. We are accepted by God. Before we think about all the things we have to do as a parent or as an employee or all your other responsibilities and hats you may wear, first and foremost, yeah. you're a child of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And there's, you know, sometimes we make the mistake of, of um, we distinguish, like, uh, we think of visible and invisible as real and not real, like, uh, sometimes, and that's a mistake, right? Because the most real things in the universe we cannot see, namely, there's a throne in heaven and God's seated on it, that Christ, the Lamb of God, died to take away the sin of the world. He, ra- he, he rose up from the grave on the third day, and he's seated at the right hand of that throne where he always lived to intercede for those who draw near to God through him. And so um, we have to wake up to the truth of the gospel in a sense. We have to wake up to uh, awaken our hearts to God's love. Uh, And like you're saying, root our identity in um, the fact that God has brought us into his family, made us his children by grace. Um, And I, I think this, I mean, I, uh, I read some of this weeping. Um, that is just really, really good. Um, and he's a good writer too. It's just I really love the way he um, 
he even talks about the image of light in this chapter and how how significant it is that you know we in a sense rise with the sun and just how light in the scripture is like God speaks and there's light and and it's light for our path and Jesus shows up and he's the light of the world and at the end there's there's no sun or moon because the Lord God is and the Lamb are our, our light our lamp. Um, he kind of so, gives the imagery of light coming into his house in the morning in the same way we need to let light into our hearts. Right. Um, you know, John fifteen five. I've been reminded of a lot that apart from me you can do nothing. And Jesus says like. That's what this whole chapter is getting at, that apart, yeah. before we think about being parents today and making breakfast and getting kids off to school or whatever it may look like, it's just a confession and a reminder that, hey, God, today I cannot do everything you've called me to do apart from your help, and I need to be reminded of that. And, and because the book is really practical, he talks about habits that help with this, things we can do, right? And he has so three. three of them. Yeah, three. First one, a Start the day with a brief kneeling prayer, right? That's the, says do that before you do anything else. Um, and, he, and he's got this line with all three of these habits, this idea that small things in the right place have enormous consequences. Yeah. So just, just something as simple as you may not have, you may not be in a season of life where you can have a 45 minute quiet time before the kids wake up. Yeah. That's generally me most mornings, but man, a short kneeling prayer upon waking can have an enormous impact. And it's not enormous necessarily in the moment. It goes back to that, the, the significance of the, the routine of day in, day out. Like, um, but, but he has this question, like, am I willing to bend my knee to God's reality, the fact that he is the king, that I need him, uh, and that he's a God of grace who offers his help? Um, am I willing to say that by starting my day on my knees? Um, uh, I've been really helped by that. Uh, that's been one of the things I've sought to implement um, from since reading this uh, this chapter. So, second one is make a habit of looking to the scriptures before looking at your smartphone, which is uber practical and very helpful. And I have sought to re-implement this since reading this book because I have had this conviction before, and I've like I've fallen into some bad habits of you know uh, looking at my phone while my coffee's making you know brewing or whatever. Um, and it can be such a terrible distraction. So any, any comments on this? Yeah, this was something, you know, I took the advice of a number of years ago, of just don't keep your phone in the bedroom with you mainly because of this idea. Um, so I, I don't do that. So I don't just wake up and look at my phone, but even still the temptation is there that, Hey, I'm going to read the Bible or I'm going to have this kneeling prayer, but you know, first let me check who won the basketball game last night or let's see who all emailed me or let me do wordle real quick before the day gets going. Like, those are all temptations. That what was that last thing you did? You talked about it's the, the new internet sensation Wordle game. Word, okay, I've never heard we'll of that. We'll talk about it later. Okay. Uh, all right. So make a habit of looking to the scriptures before looking at your smartphone. I think it's really wise. And the last habit he suggests is practice a short moment of gathering and sending the family. And so here the idea is like when the, the preparation for the day is over, Right, and you're starting into work and learning and serving. Um, remember God, and remember that we are, in a sense, we're gathering in order to be sent. Kind of like the church gathers to scatter week in, week and week out. We come together and we go back out into the community to be light and and to uh, display God's love and truth with our lives. He's saying there's a there's a lot of power in starting your day as a family this way, even if it's a really brief prayer. And I thought what was really helpful is that we can avoid 
starting our day with scrambling, anxious, rushing, worry um, that we're going to pass on to our kids, right? It, just the, the habit of stopping and acknowledging God and asking for his help and blessing as we go to school or to work or to whatever um, can, can really communicate powerfully uh, that he is the king. And then he, he ends the chapter with just this idea of habits as grooves of grace. Mm-hmm. And one of the, probably one of the greatest things about this book, he ends every chapter with this line, our family habits will not change God's love for us, but God's love for us should change our family habits. And so he kind of uses this imagery of grooves of grace. And I think a lot of times we have this misconception that grace is this magical kind of mysterious thing. And, you know, one of his central arguments throughout the book is that there's these regular habits and the mundane rhythms of life, that that is where God's grace is manifested in and through your home and to your kids and for your family is by, we experience God's grace by doing these habits. They don't earn God's grace for us, but it's a means to which we can experience God's grace. Yeah. Um, That's good. Another uh, image I've heard is is pathways of his grace or channels of his grace is where it's flowing and we have to put ourselves in those pathways and those channels. We have to open up the the floodgates to let that water of his grace flow down um, on us. And we, um, you know, it, again, that, that then changes us and empowers future obedience and change. So, so helpful, really good. Um, we're going to now jump to the very end of the book to talk about uh, bedtime. End of our day. The end of the day, yeah. So we're not going through this in the order of the book, um, but... Um, what, what, what was a, a main takeaway for you from the bedtime chapter, Scott? The biggest thing about bedtime, you know, you think about bedtime, everybody's normally tired. It's the end of the day. Kids are tired. You're tired. Chances are it's been a long day. You've been up a long time. And he gives a couple of really just practical stories in his own life. You know, one of the great things about this dad, dad of four kids in the trenches, four young kids all under the age of 10 in his home. And so it's just very real. It's like I could identify with this. And so if you have young kids, it was very identifiable. And he just talks about how anger is so common at the end of the day. You just a lot of times want to get your kids in bed and be done with it. And he uses some examples throughout his own life and his own parenting of just being reminded of God's love and acceptance that it's not our job as parents to control our children because of our anger, but to use those moments as a means to, to shepherd them and remind them of God's love at the end of the day. Yeah. And I feel like you just really in touch with reality here and that we are, we're just regularly tired, regularly impatience. It's just, it's, you know, it's more trigger happy or we're, you know, we're just quicker to be angry, to be frustrated, to feel like we've come to the end of ourselves at the end of the day, because we're tired, our kids are falling apart. And, you know, he makes his point like that, it's not the issue isn't like oh i was angry at my kid one time uh trying to get ready for bed it was like i regularly do this this is who i am and it was kind of a startling thing for him and it it hit me when i was reading it um and it one it's just a good reminder parenting really is wearying exhausting hard uh but his point is like we want to build rhythms or liturgies as he he calls them um, th- these habits into our evening routine that remind us and help us remind our kids of God's grace. And in a sense, they things that settle the soul, that remind us that God loves us not because of what we do, but because of what Christ has done. 
Um, so that's the uh, kind of the theological idea, and I love some of the blessings he offers. Like he just suggests these practical, um, I mean, these blessings that you could say to your kids. And this is something I've done for an, a long time. I typically just say the same blessing every night, which is, and it's not the only thing I do. We we pray and sing and stuff, but then I, I look at my kids and say this blessing from Numbers chapter six that the that Aaron and his sons were to say to the children of Israel. You can read it in Numbers chapter six. The Lord bless you and keep you is that one. But he offers several others that are really helpful um, because they can one fit different seasons of life with young kids. Um, they are also some of them are very physical and um, and you know like. If your kid is not listening and and still kind of um, you feel yourself starting to get frustrated, he's like, you know what? We do a bouncy blessing or a tickle blessing. Like we're just going to give in to the craziness and and say, may you know? I, I forget how the tickle blessing goes, but it's something like, may God um, make your life full of joy and laughter. And you're tickling your kid as you say it and trying to make them laugh uncontrollably. And then you let them calm down and you do it again. And I've done this a few times since I read this chapter, and it was really fun. So thoughts? Yeah, he's got, you know, he's got one that a short blessing for little is when you're frustrated. And so those days where you get home late and it's like, I don't have time for, you know, the 15, 20 minute family worship routine, just the simple habit of saying a short little prayer, you know, the one he gives is God loves you. Jesus died for you. The Holy Spirit is with you. Good night. And just again, small things in the right place have enormous consequences. So like if you say that prayer, like, I mean, you're sharing the gospel right there and reminding your kids of God's love and what Jesus did for them in a short, simple way. And just the repetition of it will help them, you know, understand more and more of who God is. Yeah. And it's, it's just doable even in the midst of the crazy and the right. frustration and the anger. And, and one of the things that was really powerful in the chapter, we won't talk about it at length, but he was sharing a time where he was really frustrated with one of his sons, young child. And he started to say that out of habit, even though he said, I didn't want to pray for him that night. But he started to say that, and he said it just hit him that, oh my, God loves him even now. Um, and, and it, you know, it, it, God can use this to soften our hearts, like you kind of indicated earlier, Scott. This parenting is not just about what God is doing in our kids' lives through us, but what he's doing in our own lives uh, to change us and to make us more like Christ. So, and I'll say one more thing, that is kids will really quickly latch onto these sorts of things and habits and love them. Like, I can't leave my kids' rooms. Well, I shouldn't say that. Some of the kids, not all of them, but some of them will not let me leave their room without saying this blessing uh, before bed. So, okay, you want to finish this, uh, this one out? Yeah, so at the end of the day, it's just a time normally where we're all weak and tired, like we mentioned, and, you know, God's grace works in weakness. And, you know, so he just, he gives this idea that at the end of the day, it's in time for us as parents to acknowledge that God loves us and that no matter our failures, we rest, we can rest in grace. And so just developing a rhythm and a habit and a liturgy that incorporate the truth of the gospel into these routines is what he says. Um, that even when you're tired and you feel weak and exhausted, there's ways to capture on these moments. Um, mm, so good. Well, um, I hope you've gotten a little taste of the book. You, our listeners, from this conversation, I've really enjoyed it so far. Um, I'm encouraged by my brother Scott. If like he does a good job of thinking through these things, he's encouraging to me. And uh, we're going to keep talking about this uh, in the coming weeks on the podcast. Uh, I think, uh, like Scott said, next up is mealtimes. 
So uh, grateful that you've tuned in. I hope that you're encouraged. I hope that you specifically see that small things done in dependence on God day in, day out can have a big impact on your kids' joy in God. So may the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you. And we'll catch you on the next episode. Thanks. Scott, thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Gospel Shaped Home Podcast, produced by Providence Baptist Church of Raleigh, North Carolina. For more information and resources from Providence, visit us online at pray.org. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider subscribing and leaving a review on Apple Podcasts.